obvious things to be done at once. For, up to a point, the science of detection is merely a matter of routine. He flung back his orders curtly and concisely. Right, I'm coming straight down. I suppose the local division inspector is on it. Send for Chief Inspector Green and Inspector Waverley, and let the fingerprint people know. I shall want one of their best men. Let one of our photographers go to the house and wait for me. Send a messenger to Professor Harding, and telephone to the Assistant Commissioner. Tell any of the people who are at the house not to touch anything, and to detain everyone there. And Flack, Flack, not a word to the newspaper men. We don't want any leakage yet. He hung up the receiver and began to dress hurriedly, but methodically. He was a methodical man. Resolutely he put from his mind all thoughts of the murder. No good would come of spinning theories until he had all the available facts. For ten years Heldon Foyle had been the actual executive chief of the Criminal Investigation Department. He rarely wore a dressing gown and never played the violin, but he had a fine taste in cigars and was as well-dressed a man as might be found between Temple Bar and Hyde Park Corner. He did not wear policemen's boots, nor, for the matter of that, would he have allowed any of the six hundred odd men who were under his control to wear them. He would have passed without remark in a crowd of West End clubmen. It is an aim of the good detective to fit his surroundings, whether they be in Kensington or the Whitechapel Road. A suggestion of immense strength was in his broad shoulders and deep chest. His square, strong face and heavy jaw was redeemed from sternness by a twinkle of humour in the eyes. That same sense of humour had often saved him from making mistakes, although it is not a popular attribute of storybook detectives. His carefully kept brown moustache was daintily upturned at the ends. There was grim tenacity written all over the man, but none but his intimates knew how it was wedded to pliant resource and fertile invention. Down a quiet street, a motor-car throbbed its way and stopped before the door of his quiet suburban home. It had been sent from Scotland Yard. "'Don't worry about speed limits,' he said quietly as he stepped in. "'Refer anyone to me who tries to stop you. Get to Grosvenor Gardens as quickly as you can.' The driver touched his hat, and the car leapt forward with a jerk. A man with tenderer nerves than foil would have found it a startling journey. They swept round corners almost on two wheels, skidded on the greasy roads, and once narrowly escaped running down one of London's outcasts who was shuffling across the road with the painful shamble that seems to be the hallmark of beggars and tramps. Few, save policemen on night duty, were about to mark their wild career. As they drew up before the pillared portico of the great house in Grosvenor Gardens, a couple of policemen moved out of the shadow of the railing and saluted. Foyle nodded and walked up the steps. The door had flown open before he touched the bell, and a lanky man with slightly bent shoulders was outlined in the radiant glow of the electric light. It was Bolt, the divisional detective inspector, a quiet, grave man, who, save on exceptional occasions, was with his staff responsible for the investigation of all crime in his district. "'You're the first to come, sir,' he said in a quiet, melancholy tone. "'It's a terrible job, this.' He spoke professionally. Living as they do in an atmosphere of crime, 
always among major and minor tragedies. CID men, official detectives prefer the term, are forced to view their work objectively, like doctors and journalists. All murders are terrible, as murders. A detective cannot allow his sympathies or sensibility to pain or grief to hamper him in his work. In bold sense, the case was terrible because it was difficult to investigate, because, unless the perpetrators were discovered and arrested, discredit would be brought upon the service and glaring contents bills declare the inefficiency of the department to the world. The CID is very jealous of its reputation. Yes, agreed Foyle. Where is the butler? He found the body, I'm told. Fetch him into some room where I can talk to him. The butler, a middle-aged man, nervous, white-faced and half-distracted, was brought into a little sitting-room. His eyes moved restlessly to...